Shalom, dearest brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to this week's episode of Midweek with the Saints. Before we dive into the life of a saint for this week, I would like to ask all of you to click on the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Click as well on the bell button so that you will be notified every time I upload an episode on the saint. Friends, I would also like to ask you all to share this YouTube link, this Spotify link if you're listening on Spotify with all your family and friends as well so that more people can come to encounter Jesus more personally in their lives, in and through the lives of the saints, in and through this podcast. So if you feel that the content of this podcast is good, please do share. And friends, today we take a look at the life of, drumroll, St. John Paul II. <laughs> friends, we just celebrated a feast of this great saint. You know, he's so great that we call him St. John Paul the Great. Not many saints are given the title the Great at the back of their names, but Saint John Paul is one of them. Saint John Paul the Great, and friends, he's one of those saints who got canonized within a matter of years after his death. Saint John Paul II truly lived a marvelous life. He's known for many famous things, including split concentration. Uh, there are stories and accounts of Saint John Paul II in the car as the Pope, where he would ask his personal assistant to read out a book why he himself would be reading one book. He could absorb the content of two different books at the same time, one of which he would read and one of which would be read out aloud for him. He had many abilities and he worked wonders in the name of Jesus. Many people experienced healing, so much so that Vatican officials just stopped recording the number of miraculous healings that took place. So many people came to encounter Jesus in wonderful ways in and through the life and the pontificate of John Paul II. But friends, today, I would like to talk about one thing in particular. John Paul II pro contributed to many things in the church. He was known as the Marian Pope, the Energizer Bunny Pope, the Pope who traveled across the whole world, the Pope who traveled more than any other Popes, the Pope who canonized more than any other of the Popes. He canonized more saints than all of the other Popes combined. But friends, today I'm going to talk about just one thing. And that one thing is exemplified in this illustration here, friends. We see St. John Paul II so intimate with Jesus, so united with the sufferings of Christ on the cross. St. John Paul II, friends, united his sufferings to Jesus on the cross and united himself to the sufferings of Jesus on that cross. Today, friends, I am going to talk about redemptive suffering. St. John Paul II knew of the power of redemptive suffering. He knew that redemption and suffering were so connected. Well, obviously it is connected, friends. That act of redemption of Jesus on the cross was also an act of suffering. Friends, St. John Paul II wrote an entire book on redemptive suffering, on the meaning of human suffering. Friends, I encourage all of you to read this document if you have the time. But if you don't have the time, friends, that is why this podcast exists, so that we can summarize this kind of rich treasures in the church. So St. John Paul II not only wrote about the, human, the meaning of human suffering, but he also lived it out authentically. St. John Paul II lived out and practiced redemptive suffering. Friends, by the age of nine, St. John Paul II had lost his mother. By the age of 12, he had lost his elder brother whom he was close to. And by the age of 21, he had lost his father. By the age of 21, friends, he had lost his immediate family members. 
the closest person he had to him was Jesus. But friends, many of us would rebel against God in such times. Lord, why did you take away all of my immediate family members when I have barely turned 21, Lord? But St. John Paul II never did this. Instead of rebelling against God and turning away from God, he turned humbly to God. And we see various accounts, various beautiful explanations and illustrations of St. John Paul II prostrating before the Lord in his room in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel when he lost his family members, especially when he lost his father. He prostrated in the room just to turn to God and to offer up his pain, this mourning and grief to the Lord, not to murmur against the Lord, not to question the Lord. Friends, how could St. John Paul II do this? We will come back to this later. St. John Paul II also practiced redemptive suffering throughout his pontificate. Friends, I'm sure many of you heard of the time when he was shot. The Pope who was shot, the Pope who almost died on that day, he was shot on the anniversary of the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, friends. And St. John Paul II said this very beautifully, one hand shot the bullet and another guided the bullet. Friends, that shot was meant to be fatal. St. John Paul II was supposed to die there and then. The area that the shot was targeted at meant that St. John Paul II should have died. But as St. John Paul II said, another hand guided the bullet. The bullet just missed all the vital organs, which meant that St. John Paul II only escaped with minor injuries on that day. And St. John Paul II attributed this saving grace of God through the, through the intercessions of Mother Mary, Our Lady of Fatima. Friends, St. John Paul II regained his stamina and he became once again that lively and dynamic Pope. But in a matter of 10 years, he started to develop other complications, other health issues. He started to go downhill in his uh, physical health. He had Parkinson's disease and a whole lot of diseases as well. And friends, he became known as the Pope, the suffering Pope. We see many photos and many videos of him holding on just like this illustration to the crucifix. He was one with the sufferings of Jesus and Jesus was one with his sufferings. Friends, St. John Paul II knew of the power of redemptive suffering. He united his sufferings to Christ when he lost his family members when he was younger, when he was shot, when he was suffering from various diseases. St. John Paul II offered up his sufferings to Jesus for the salvation of all souls, for the reparation of sin and for the reunion of all Christians. Those are the three intentions of the most sacred heart of Jesus. And St. John Paul II, through his life, through whatever hardships, struggles that he faced, whatever oppositions that he faced in his life, St. John Paul II also went, uh, lived in a time where he was opposed by the Nazis during his younger life time, where he was opposed by the communists, the Soviet Russia, the Soviet Union when he was a bishop. And friends, all of these oppositions even faced persecution from within the church, from a brother bishop who did not like him. But friends, he took all of this and he did not channel it in the wrong way, but he channeled it in the right way that he offered it up as a suffering to Christ. He offered up these sufferings to Jesus and he prayed for those that he liked the least. He prayed for those that he hated. 
or rather that he liked the least. Friends, how could St. John Paul II do all of this? I can only think of one explanation. Jesus was number one in his life. Friends, if Jesus is number one in our lives, just as Jesus was number one in St. John Paul II's life, whatever comes our way, whatever sufferings thrown at us, whatever trials and tribulations and persecutions we face, be it physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, darkness, loneliness, whatever we face, all of this is manageable if Jesus is all that we desire. So friends, is Jesus really number one in our lives? Yes, it will be challenging to let go of certain things, to offer it up to Jesus, certain sicknesses, certain pains and sufferings, to offer it up to Jesus, it is hard. But friends, it becomes manageable when our ultimate goal is our relationship with Jesus. When all that matters to us at the end of the day is that Jesus is close to us. It's our intimacy with the Lord. Friends, this illustration here once again displays the intimacy between St. John Paul II and Jesus on that crucifix. If you and I, friends, are really close to Jesus, we are not just close to the happy-go-lucky Jesus. We are not just close to Jesus in the signs and the wonders. We are not just close to Jesus when he multiplied the five loaves and two fish. But we are close to Jesus even at the foot of the cross. Just like St. John, the beloved apostle and Mother Mary, we are faithful to Jesus, the lover of our souls, even at Calvary. Friends, St. John Paul II was faithful to Jesus even at Calvary because he was intimate in his relationship with Jesus. So friends, is Jesus number one in your lives? You know, St. John Paul II put Jesus number one in his life, and even though he was the Pope and he had busy schedules, he always put aside time for prayer. He would wake up hours earlier before he went out so that he could pray the rosary while prostrating in the shape of a cross. And wherever he went, if he found a Blessed Sacrament Chapel, he would go to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel and he would spend sometimes half an hour, 45 minutes, one hour, two hours. And this was a headache for the Vatican officials, but St. John Paul II didn't care because at the end of the day, he knew that his relationship with Jesus and the encounter with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, in his room, in his secret place was what ultimately mattered. Friends, St. John Paul II used to speak aloud when he was prostrating in the shape of the cross before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. That was the amount of love and intimacy that existed between St. John Paul II and Jesus. And this is the key to redemptive suffering. Friends, we cannot tap into the power of redemptive suffering unless we are willing to grow in our love for Jesus. And we cannot grow in our love for Jesus unless we are willing to tap into redemptive suffering. Friends, suffering is inevitable. Whether we are straying away from God or whether we are running to God, we are going to suffer in one way or another. Friends, so I encourage you to make use of that suffering. St. John Paul II says this, do not waste your sufferings. If you are suffering physically, offer it up to Jesus for the salvation of your own soul, for the salvation of the souls of your family members, of your friends, and especially for the salvation of the soul of which you like the least, the people that you like the least. Friends, let us not waste our sufferings. For those of you, my brothers and sisters, who suffer physically, 
I encourage all of you to tap into the wisdom of St. John Paul II's teachings, who says that redemptive suffering transforms a hopeless situation, a helpless situation, into one that is truly helpful. No, friends, for those of you who are physically sick, at times you may feel like you're hopeless and helpless and you cannot be of help to anybody. In fact, you need help for almost everything. But St. John Paul II says, through redemptive suffering, you can become of help to those around you. And in fact, that sense of hurt, St. John Paul II calls it irreplaceable service. Friends, those of you who are sick physically, those of you who are suffering emotionally, through or spiritually, those of you who endure all sorts of sufferings with a cheerful smile, you all are practicing an irreplaceable service, especially those of you who are sick physically. Even though you may be bedridden, even though you may be cancer-stricken, even though you may be uh, terminally ill, friends, you are able to offer up that suffering for the salvation of those around you. Offer up to the Lord so that God can use it as an avenue to transform lives, to change hearts, and to renew minds. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is power in redemptive suffering. St. John Paul II lived it out throughout his life, throughout his early life, throughout his pontificate. St. John Paul II lived it out. He spent time writing about it on the human meaning of suffering, meaning of, on the meaning of human suffering. As you and I are invited by St. John Paul II to tap into redemptive suffering. You know, we join St. Paul in saying that in him we find our strength. We boast of our weaknesses because it is in our weaknesses that the power and the strength of Christ is manifested. It is in your weaknesses and my weaknesses, friends, that the power and the strength of Jesus is made manifest. Because in and through suffering, friends, you and I realize that it is not about us. The fact that we persevered to the end is not about us. It was never about us. It was always about Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is power in redemptive suffering. Ultimately, which we see on the crucifix. Jesus on the cross. The greatest act of redemption was also the greatest act of suffering. These two go hand in hand, friends. And to tap into the redemption of Jesus, we have to tap into the suffering of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not only a gospel of um, happy-go-lucky news, but it is the gospel of suffering as well. St. John Paul II calls it the gospel of suffering. In a true suffering, Jesus beats us halfway and Jesus embraces us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today let us ponder on what areas of our lives we can offer up to God as a pleasing sacrifice, a sacrifice of suffering. So however you're suffering, friends, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or in whatever way, offer it up to Jesus and offer it up with all your hearts. God bless and see you all next week.